Lord started burdening my heart out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And I don't have, just uh, I told Brother Devin that it was just earlier today, about an hour ago, that this message came to my heart and the Lord began to deal with me about it. And uh, that's okay. I cling to my notes a lot. <laughs> I like to know what I'm going to talk about. But the Lord's dealt with me about this verse of Scripture from Hebrews 12. And uh, I just want to share a word of testimony with you tonight. And, uh, and I'm just thankful with, uh, for what God does for me and how good he is to me. And so uh, all, the, all of my craziness tonight will make sense in just a moment. So uh, Hebrews 12, beginning to verse 1. The word says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This is our thought tonight out of verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I thank the Lord for that verse in my heart today. No doubt, like me, you're facing something in your life and you're going through a valley or you're going through a battle and, and feels like that there's no way out sometimes. Feels like that maybe even down in a funnel, in the bottom of a funnel. You know, if you look up through a funnel, you can see the light, but you just feel trapped. Maybe you feel that way about the situations and circumstances of your life. And I felt led to share this thought with you before we prayed. And I'll invite anyone that will in a few moments to come and pray in our altar here. Because I believe we need to grasp hold of the fact that the God we serve is the author and the finisher of our faith. And we have power in this altar because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. We have power in our walk and in our lives because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And I began to think about that verse, and as I was driving down the road, God began to deal with me through his precious spirit on what I might say tonight and how I cling to uh, the time I'm able to spend study and the notes that I'm able to take and the organization that I love, but yet God took this simple verse just a few hours ago and began to uh, work my heart and begin to develop it in my, in my soul, the thought that I might share with you tonight. He's the author. You may be facing something in your life, but remember, the God we serve is the author. He's the author, I was thinking about this, he's the author of, our, of this creation. This ground that we stand upon, the building we're in, I've said this recently, uh, he created every bit of it. I was driving through a parking lot today, dropping Shelby off and uh, at a grocery store in, in, in the front door and I was driving through the parking lot and I began to think about all that God has created. The author of this creation, the, the trees from which we get rubber to make tires to put on vehicles, God created those trees. The metal that uh, we get that makes up the sheet metal on vehicles, God created the metals in the earth that man would go and mine and turn into vehicles. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the light poles and the power lines and the power poles, all those things. God created the trees that those things are hewn from. God created the sound waves in that very parking lot and under the sound of my voice tonight, the sound waves that you hear that are my voice, God created those things. The, the chair that you sit in, God created the materials that make up those chairs. 
The vehicle you get in, if you got leather seats, praise the Lord. Uh, you're sitting on an animal that God created that, that man killed and turned into a seat in a car. Uh, what a blessing it is that the author of our faith is the author of this creation. But the, the thing about it is, is that this creation has no way to praise God uh, in, in manner of salvation. Uh, it praises God when the sun comes up every morning. It praises God when the, when the, when the tide rolls in. But by means of salvation, the, the, the world and his creation cannot do that. That is through his son, Jesus Christ. And we'll get to that in just a moment. So he's the author of our creation. And he's, all, he's the author of this man standing before you. Uh, I, I, me and my wife are going through a few things right now. Uh, we're facing a few difficulties and a few storms in our life and our walk. And I'm learning to lean on him. And as I preached recently out of the book of Ecclesiastes, how uh, we, we look and we realize that uh, uh, it's not the season and the situation that we're in that we find our peace and our hope, but it's looking back and knowing that the author of the seasons and situations is my God and I'm in his hands. He created me. He created you. He created all men from the ground, from the dust of the earth, going all the way back to everybody's great granddaddy and grandmama, Adam and Eve. You know, we're all related somewhere. We're all related somewhere. And it goes all the way back to the garden. When God created an Adam, Adam and Eve, everyone's grandparents, from the ground and from the side. He's the author of you and me. He created us. Even the ones that would not turn to him and accept salvation and accept Christ as their Savior, he created those people. He's the author of this creation. He's the author of these men. And he's the author of this precious word from which we receive. The, the, the reality about man and the, the creation that is man is that man fell quickly into sin. Amen? You just look in the book of Genesis uh, pretty, pretty quickly, you'll see that under, at, all the way back at the beginning of the annals of time, that, that Moses and the, in, in his uh, Pentateuch, in those five books that he wrote, Moses tells the story of how Adam and Eve fall into sin. It's pretty quick. It didn't take a thousand years, or in our, in our minds, it didn't take a million years. It didn't, take, it didn't take long for Adam and Eve. We don't necessarily know the time range or the time frame, but I don't think it took long for Adam and Eve to fall into sin. And so what happens is uh, when man falls into sin, man needs an answer and a way out. The weight of sin. Anybody ever read The Pilgrim's Progress? That book's a blessing. And, and you uh, read about that. And I was reading to uh, Riley the little condensed kids version of that because that's pretty deep stuff if you try to read the, the big version. But I was reading the little condensed kids version and it's a little uh, has a little uh, drawing of Christian, the main character of that story, and how he carries his sin on his back. And just like a, a huge rock, a huge weight uh, strapped to our backs, our sin weighs us down, amen? It weighs us down. This creation in which we live, this man which we are, they're authored by God, and he gives us his word as a remedy to the sin, which verse 1 says, doth so easily beset us. He gives us an answer to the sin, his word, and then in the Old Testament, the author, God, he gives his law to man. And you see the covenants uh, between God and man, and you see the, uh, the Adamic covenant, and you see the Noahic covenant, you see the Abrahamic covenant, you see the Davidic covenant, you see all these covenants that God makes with man. And people have a hard time having faith in God as the author of everything because uh, God had to keep making deals with people, some people may say. 
Well, what worked for Adam? It didn't work for Noah. And what worked for Noah didn't work for Abraham. What for worked for Abraham didn't work for David. But it was all pointing to the finisher of our faith. Who is that? Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is to know that our author is also our finisher. And what was happening is it's not that God makes mistakes because God does not make mistakes. God's not capable of making mistakes. But you see in his word and you see in his law that God in his infinite grace and mercy came down and bestowed grace on the people that they might have a way which they can have communion and fellowship and salvation with God until he sent his son Jesus Christ. That'll preach right there. The reality is it was all pointing to the finisher of our faith. The author made a way and then his son, his precious son, the finisher of our faith, would come and he would fulfill that law and he would establish a new covenant and he would establish a covenant that would never need any revision. It would never need any review. He fulfilled all that was ever said before. He satisfied all debts that ever needed to be paid. But it's up to man created by God to look and to accept him as their savior. He's the author of my faith tonight. He created it and he made a plan and he made a way that his son, God, made man, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead, the Trinity, the very embodiment and manifestation of God himself, Jesus Christ, came down to this earth what does this verse in verse 2 say? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The reality is, is it was joyful to him to be bruised because he knew not only was he creating an opportunity and a communion for him to be at the right hand of his father once again, but he, through his power and his might, as the author of this world, as the author of man, as the author of his word, he with joy faced the cross on my behalf and your behalf so that he could have fellowship and communion with you and me. How much he loves us. He loves me so much. And these storms that I'm facing and these things going on in life and the things that are falling apart and the anxieties that I have and all the frustrations in this world, I'm going to ask you in just a moment, if you will, to come uh, and, and pray in this altar. And I wanted to share this thought with you because we're, we're so, care, so careless sometimes. Uh, we hear things that people need prayer on and we hear things that go on. But how often do we say, I'll pray for that or we make a note or we, we think, I'm going to pray for that and we do not. We pray to the very one that's the author and the finisher of our faith. He did it all. He completed it. He didn't need anyone else. From him, he sent his son to finish what he said in his word. And that's the one we pray to. Maybe you're carrying and bearing a burden beyond your comprehension. Maybe you do not have the answers to the situations and the problems going on in your life. But when you pray... You pray to Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It was he, before the foundations of the earth, knew who you were. And while during that time, the scripture talks about how we're foreordained or how we're predestinated, God knew who would accept him and who, who wouldn't, yet he still died for those that wouldn't accept him. Yet he still knocks on the door of the one that would spit in his face. On the one that one day will be cast into hell, he still died for them. How great 
is God's love for us through his son Jesus Christ. He doesn't want to send anyone to hell, but he is the only way. The finisher of our faith. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus Christ. He's the, he's the way. He's the only door. And he laid down his life with joy so that he could go back and be with his Father, but that he could have communion with any and all who would accept him as their Savior. If you're a child of God tonight, you pray to the author. You pray to the one that wrote the book. I was just looking over into Revelation. Back into Genesis, in the beginning, the last verses of Revelation, God spoke those to man. God gave Moses the inspiration to write the book of Genesis, to tell us the story of the creation event, of the fall of man. God gave inspiration to John to write the Revelation, to see the things and look unto the things which have not yet been fulfilled. We serve a great God. He's wrote it all, and I think about my life and how unworthy I am. But yet, as a little boy, I came to the point when I realized if I had died, I would have died and went to hell. That's a lot of weight for a seven-year-old boy. That's a lot of weight. But you know what? I heard somebody say this week, the greatest explanation I've heard of the age of accountability. We all heard of the age of accountability, Amen. The point where you know you need God is when you look into his word enough to realize that you're a sinner. And that was me. I heard the preaching of God's word, the teaching of God's word, been around prayer, been around fellowship, been around good old-fashioned singing, shouting, hooping and hollering pew walking, kind of, kind, of, kind of church. It was real. The Spirit moved. The Spirit blessed. I got to experience those things. And there was a day I knew, knocking on my heart's door, the author and the finisher of my faith wanted to come in and have communion with me. So I thank God that he did. I thank the Lord that he saw fit. Before the foundation of the earth, he knew a little seven-year-old boy when God existed before anything else, and I can't tell you what was going on, and I ain't going to try to tell you what was going on, ain't no, none of my business what was going on. But before the earth, time, man, sin, the devil, before all those things existed, he looked down through the eons of time, and he saw a little seven-year-old boy named Josh Boyd crossing Alexander Bridge in the back seat of my mama's car under conviction, ready to die and go to hell. Not knowing any other way out except for Jesus Christ. The one that I had heard. The one that I had seen move through people. The one that I had been told about. The one that I had read in the scriptures about. And I realized I was a sinner. So the weight I bear today. The hardship of life. Does it really matter? Does it make any difference in the world? No. It doesn't. It makes no difference. Because the very one I serve authored the whole book. And he knows everything that will ever happen. Brother Sam, would you come to the piano? Stand with me if you will. We had many prayer requests tonight. And I wanted to share that with you. Very brief, very simple. 
But I ask you, these prayer requests before us, the needs that are in our church, the needs in our families, would you come pray? And I ask you to wait because I wanted you to come pray and I wanted to remind you because, not because I found a good message, but because the Spirit of God laid upon my heart this message to challenge you that the one you pray to is the author and the finisher of your faith. He wrote the story. And while we do not know what comes around the corner, these issues and hardships of life, we truly do not have an answer to them, but he does. You say, well, this is my family. This is my loved ones. I care so much about them. I understand and I care too. But the one that you're praying to at this very moment in your heart, in your voice, with your soul, he wrote the story. And he knows the answer. Financial problems? Hey, he wrote the whole thing. You give it all to him and lift him up, he'll handle it. Marital problems? He understands. He hears the sigh of his children. Maybe it's a life or death situation. He knew yesterday before you knew what would be coming around the corner. And I thank God in heaven that he finished, he, he wrote the story and he knows the ending. And while our will may not be done upon this earth, on the other side, that's the prize. That's the prize. That's the treasure. That's his blessings for us.